Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us this week on the podcast. Robbie Croyle. Hello. And myself, Logan. Just the two of us. Now it is. Man. Dangerous. We got them COVID scares running around. Oh, man. Old, old Jennifer's. COVID She's is circling sheltering us. in place. COVID is circling us like a shark. Dom, dom. Dun, dun. Dom, dom. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, no. Yeah. This, this is going to be one of those episodes we can tell already. Mm. Oh, Jen, no. you should have been here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyway. All right. Well, <coughs> it's time for our favorite part of every Footnotes episode. Absolutely. The time in which we laugh at the fact that we are... Roughly right. <laughs> abject failures. <laughs> what? Glass half full, half empty? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, yeah, this week... Roughly right. Brought to you by not resetting the sermon timer uh, on the slide, so nobody else would notice this. No one, no one noticed this. This is just a. Did you see the look on my face? I didn't see the look. Well, I, I don't think I did. When I don't think I noticed when you looked down. I know I noticed when I realized that I hadn't reset it. So normally, little insider information here. A little behind, a little behind the scenes. Well, how's it done? How'd yeah. they do that? Why? Uh, why do they do that? Oh, why do they do that's that? That's a different story. Uh, yikes. <laughs> well, we do that so that we... we uh, well, the why will become apparent. Uh, we, we have a timer on our confidence monitor so yeah. that the person on stage can know how long they've been jabbering. Mm-hmm. And it counts up from zero. We set the timer to count up from zero at the beginning of the sermon. Uh, zero Ooh. seconds. One second, two second, three seconds, fifty-two four minutes, seconds. <laughs> and it continues on up. And uh, normally we have that running during announcements, and then we reset the timer for the sermon. Yep, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's great yeah. uh, when you remember to put the slide cue in, mm-hmm. and it automatically updates. Otherwise, it starts counting at the beginning of announcements, and just continues to count up. Yeah, so I'm getting Which, towards the end of my sermon, there and you go. I'm moving along, and I look over, and the last time I looked, it said 20 minutes, and then now it says 52 minutes, and I'm like, I'm just going for this. <laughs> We're setting a record, baby. <laughs> now, because it hadn't reset, it was probably, um, I announcements was probably at least five to... I think it was nine minutes. Might have been nine, Yeah. I think it was nine minutes, which was a little long for us. A little long-winded on the announcement side of thing, but yeah. uh, it's okay. Whatever. You did some vision casting in there and stuff. I'm thinking um, I'm talking about how to share our micro stories, and I went really long doing it. That's what I thought. The irony of that was strong. <laughs> now, I noticed about halfway through it, about 30-some minutes, that, oh, it hasn't reset. It's probably, oh, no. Oh no! 
well, I can't reset it now because that wouldn't be helpful. Not much um, you could do at that point. Yeah, you just kind of you let it go, and and maybe it maybe it lights a fire under Rob, and he finishes early. It didn't. He no. he still went forty two minutes, but you know, you know he just thought that he went longer than that. So and I was fine with it. I was going to press on anyway. Yeah, carry on, you know, carry on. He was just going to go full. I I don't know, full something on it. <laughs> full some. Full some. Full send. Full send. There you go. That's no one. Uh, no one fell out of a window. So. No one fell out of a window. That's oh, good man. news. Yikes! Yikes! All right! All right! All right! All right! All right! Well, let's uh, let's dive into some footnoty goodness here. We got we got some shenanigans to talk about today. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do a little little compare and contrast. Yeah. A little, little compare and contrast exercise. Yeah. So we had three stories that showed up here. Yeah. Oh, Mark, that you, that Mark you highlighted. chapter five, John chapter four, and John chapter nine. There you go. The three stories would be the woman at the well. Uh, John chapter four. John chapter four. The dem- demoniac. That's Mark five. Mark five. Mark, and that story is actually told in the three synoptic gospels so Matthew, so you Mark, could Luke. find it else elsewhere but we used the mark five yep and uh and then last but not least the blind man mm-hmm. getting his eyesight healed john nine and what I, what I find interesting is that each of those three have very different religious implications okay tell me more so i mentioned that the demoniac, he comes from de- the Gerasenes, which is part of the Decapolis. Yep. Now, when very you, Roman. Yeah, it's that's the that's the land that they wouldn't even say the name Decapolis. Correct. Otherwise, you'd be unclean. Yep, it's the far off land in the story of the prodigal son. Yep. Even if it was just crossed away, it'd be the far off land. It's uh. Its name means ten cities. Yep. These these are ten Roman cities. Um, they they were highly Roman in nature. They after Jesus's time, they did have synagogues, but that was well after Jesus' time. So they were very pagan up to uh, the time of Jesus. Um, they were, and there's herds of pigs. Like yep. if 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 anything, there's a contextual clue that there might be a bunch of Gentiles, and this could be a very not Jewish place. There's a herd of pigs, right? And these these cities were um, planted. They were. I just use a church term. <laughs> well, yeah, um, the city was planted. They were. They were set up. And they were they were formed by the um, uh, well before the Maccabean Wars by the Greeks. Uh huh. So this is a very pagan group of people. This person, you know, this this man probably has no understanding of full blooded Herodian. Yeah, he no understanding of scriptures at all. No connection yep. to the temple. You know, just no religious connection or or his religious connection is 
no very, apparent a, a very anti-Jewish yeah. like like yeah. stands in stark contrast yep okay the woman at the well there's a couple of different ways that theologians read her story when she when Jesus says you have had five husbands and and the one you are with now is not your husband uh, you can read that and and the plainest way to read that is that she was married and she's been divorced multiple times and the last time she hooked or up widowed. with somebody she didn't even get married yep so that's the plainest way to read that um john sometimes uses veiled language in his gospel mm-hmm. and we know that the number five represents Torah. Yep. And this area, you know, she brings up uh, the conversation, well, you guys say that we're to worship in, in Jerusalem while, while we say we're to worship on this mountain. Mm-hmm. The, um, the people had in Samaria had their own version of Torah. And so when Jesus says, you you were married, you had five husbands, but now the one you're with, you're not even married to, he, he, what he may be alluding to is, hey, you, you have this religious background, but you're not even totally committed to it because you have questions about it too. Like, you really wonder if you should be going to Jerusalem to worship or if you should be worshiping sure. here. And so... We know that her conversation with Jesus is much more spiritual. Mm-hmm. She has some level of spiritual connection. I would call her spiritually confused. Yeah. She has all kinds of questions, not a lot of answers. Maybe agnostic. Um, maybe agnostic, but... Would be a comparison. Not a straight across, but... Yeah, just... But, I mean, religious, but doesn't... Uh, maybe a deist. Okay, spiritual... Yeah, spiritual. Our modern day, I'm spiritual. Yeah. Yeah, some, right. someone who says, hey, you know, I'm thinking about spiritual things. I I haven't totally defined that yet. I'm, I'm searching. Gotcha. Uh, okay. And I see I see spiritual answers in a lot of different places. That, that's the kind of person that, that she seems to be. And so uh, a little more connection to... Um, the Bible and to uh, the true worship of God, but uh, more so than than the uh, demoniac, but not as much as our third character, our third story. The blind man. Which is the blind man. Now, the blind man, we see him in the temple. We see him worshiping. We see him being a- approached by the religious elite. Mm-hmm. And so he has a very strong connection. He's there at the temple. Yeah. He has Which very... is where they're supposed to be, kind of, because like the temple's supposed to be taking care of the, the poor and the needy. Right, right. Hypothetically. What's amazing to me is that all three really get sent out, regardless of their background. Mm-hmm. They all three get sent out to be a witness. Hmm. And so 
I think there's definitely something to be said about training people up and and preparing them and teaching them right doctrine and and those kinds of things. But I just use these three stories to highlight just how powerful our stories are and the impact that they can make on people's lives. And and we see that the the two people that have the least connection with the with true worship of God seem to have the greater impact. Yeah. Which is something that you it's um counterintuitive. Yes it is. I wouldn't have guessed that because the religious leaders that are surrounding the the man who's no longer blind. Mhm. There seems to be zero impact on them, at least zero positive impact. Doesn't seem to change their minds, their attitudes, their tra- trajectory in life. Sure. And so sometimes, you know, knowing more does not necessarily mean that you'll have a greater impact. That is a that is a good point. I like that. Uh, the other thing I'll say about Decapolis, because when we think about the Bible and geography, we know where Jerusalem is. We know that just north of Jerusalem is, which is in Judea, mm-hmm. just north of Jerusalem at the time of Jesus is Samaria. Okay. Uh, and just north of that is is Galilee. And Galilee really is on the uh, western side of the Sea of, or not Galilee. Um, Decapolis? No. Yes. So the area of Galilee is on the eastern side of, or the western side, western up to the northern side of the Sea of Galilee. Mm. Um, But the headwaters that feed into the Sea of Galilee kind of splits the Sea of Galilee right down the middle. Okay. So Galilee is going to be on that northern end and to the west. Decapolis is going to be um, on the eastern side. Yep. On the on opposite, predominantly on the opposite side of both the Jordan and the headwaters for the Sea of Galilee. Okay. It's uh, covering about as much space as as Galilee and Samaria, as far as north to south goes. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, in fact, there's uh, Philadelphia is almost as far south as Jerusalem. Huh. The one town, there is one town that's west of the Sea of, or, or west of the Jordan River, um, but the other nine cities are all east of hmm. the Jordan River. Now, you would know, like, uh, they do, if I remember correctly, they know exactly where this story had to have taken place along the Galilee because there's only one section of the Galilee that has cliffs. Right. And it very specifically mentions that the pigs run off the cliffs into the water. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So, haven't been there, haven't seen it, but I've been told that that is the case. So... That's kind of fun. Yeah. Be like, it was there. That's where that's where it happened. 
yeah, the uh, the Sermon on the Mount. There's there's a lot of agreement, roughly the location that that took place. Ah. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, and the sea, it's not that big of a sea. It's uh, it's a small lake. Yeah. Really. Um, smaller than Flathead Lake, right? It's significantly smaller than Flathead. There you go. You could see from most spots around the Sea of Galilee, you could see most of the Sea of Galilee. There's one section that's kind of uh, probably where those cliffs are that if you're standing on the shore, you can't see around the bend. Mm. But you can mm. see across it relatively easily. There you go. Well, let's get just downright crazy here. And let's talk about a little brain synergy. Mm. Synergy. This is super fascinating. Uh, this comes out of a book called uh, Talk Like Ted. Uh, they're talking about the... Ted Lasso, right? No. no. That, that would be mm. a different read. Uh, this is the nine public speaking secrets of world's top minds. Ah, like the TED Talks. Like the TED Talks. Ah, I now follow. I know what TED we're talking about. So the author is uh, Carmine Gallo, and I'm reading from page 50. And he's recording some recent um, research in how the brain works when when during during the process of communication and, and, and what's taking place, those kinds of things. So it says this, Yuri Hansen, assistant professor of psychology at Princeton, is the psychologist conducting this experiment for the Princeton Neuroscience Institute. Okay. Probably a smart guy. Could be. Uh, Hansen's experiments include activities such as watching movies or listening to stories while his subjects are connected to an fMRI machine to study their brain waves. Okay. I want that job. Connect some things to my head. Feed me gonna, some popcorn. All right. Yeah, no, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this show, and you're going to monitor my brain waves. Yeah. I, I could do that. I volunteer as tribute. So Hassan wanted to learn how the brain pr- processes complex information. He and his colleagues discovered that Personal stories actually cause the brain of both the storyteller and listener to sync up. And then, Synergy. Uh, yeah. So um, Carmine Gallo says, uh, sync up is my term. Hassan calls it brain to brain coupling. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, no, no. Now, Tell us what you first pictured, because we talked through this. Yeah, yeah, because Rob just, he keeps coming up with these terms, or he's keep, he keeps being told these terms that just strike me as uncomfortable. I don't like them. And the reason why this one was uncomfortable, and I didn't like it, was it immediately brought me back to the 2000 and, I think this was 2000 and maybe like 10? Mm, yeah. When Avatar came out? Yeah, in there somewhere. The the James Cameron Avatar blockbuster yeah. mega hit of which I never really liked all that much anyway. Uh Dances with Smurfs is the 
uh, second term that we'll uh, that we'll also use for that movie. Anyway, uh, so in the movie Dances with Smurfs, I mean Avatar, um, it was uh, in one of its Pocahontas LSD dream sequences. The Avatar, the aliens are connecting with like they they've got these brain. They got like it comes out of their hair, their ponytails, right. and, and they connect with the environment through, and they get this really synaptic connection. They're very down to earth, if you will, mm. with this connection that they can reach out. And it's got these weird little, like I don't know, five fingery, flowery. It's like a uh, maybe like an orchid. So if you picture an orchid flower. And, and it comes out and it couples, like, and they can couple with the tree, and and it's just nope. Or you got the Matrix, right? That's less uncomfortable for me, although an uncomfortable feeling when you think about like the Ugh. like where yeah, where like Neo's got the the brain jack going in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's a. But that's that's less uncomfortable for me than the Avatar shenanigans. Uh, right. So brain coupling. So let's picture mind melding. The See, Vulcan, that's so much better. The Vulcan mind meld. I'm so glad you thought of that because if yeah. not, it was just going to be uncomfortable forevermore. <laughs> it's a Vulcan mind meld. Ah, uh, so so much. That's so much nicer. He goes on <laughs> to say that the researchers found that the speakers in the listeners' brains, quote, exhibit joint temporarily coupled response patterns. Unquote. Synergy. So, uh, what if God was one of us? What if God, when he created us, (laughs) made it so that in the year 2021, when we have spiritual conversations, when we talk about our spiritual stories, yes, it gave the listener the ability to connect to us in a momentary fashion oh man that would allow them to receive that spiritual connection through us so what you're saying is that you tell me a story and it's going to help our brain waves synergize and we're going to we're going to be able to connect on a on a on a synaptic sort of synergistic level Yes. Uh, coupling, if you will, through a Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> it's a super spiritual Vulcan mind meld is what we got going on when we share a story. And all I'm doing is telling my story. Man alive. And yet somewhere at, at the neurobiological level, God created us to connect with each other in a unique way because of the fact that we are sharing a story. Now, what they found is if if I shared a story with you in a language that you don't understand, okay, doesn't have the same impact, doesn't work. So I have to I have to use language. I have to communicate in a way that you can connect with. Okay. So it's not just the fact that I'm you know. The blah, act blah, of blah. telling a story. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown's teacher is no effect. No, no okay. effect. No all coupling right. going on right here. What's really fascinating about all of this is 
what we are learning about the brain, what we've learned about the brain in the last 10 years outpaces all the data that we've ever learned about the brain in human history. More learned about the brain in the last 10 than the course of human events. Yes. All right. And we're learning so much about how how communication works and how it engages the brain and, and all these kinds. But this answers the question, why do we find some advertisements that use story and narrative and, and can draw on our heartstrings? Like how those really mm-hmm. impact us and why they impact us like they do. There you go. That makes, that makes sense. Right now. Right now. Just drawn, drawn on the. In the arms of the angels, fly away from here. You could save this child <laughs> for a low, low price of nineteen ninety five per month. That puppy needs your help right, right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Oh. I, you know, okay, so you, you, for, on, on an artistic level, let's let's work that in here. <clears throat> I find this um, important. I find this gratifying, maybe? Might be a term I would use mm. to hear. Uh I love it when science, you know, the good, cold, hard science comes across and and finds something that says, oh, oh yeah, we kind of need art. We kind of need, like, and, and let that be, let that be a lesson, like, within our, like, there's an aspect of worship that needs that. Like right. there's a reason why worship is involved. There's a reason why, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we necessarily have this within our, our, our church much. Um, but you know, I, I've met people in the past that, um, through their design perhaps, uh, or their, their natural inclinations, they would, they're like, yeah, I don't like worship. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't like I don't like the singing. I don't like music. I'm here because I want a nice, cold, hard sermon. Give me that sweet, sweet logic, baby. Yeah, right. I actually, when I'm listening to a sermon, I prefer some like I like the fact heavy, like lecture. Like I, 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 I get down with those. Sure, I like that. But <clears throat> there's also the side of me like I like, I love movies. I like a good story. Right. I love a good story. Like give me give me a give me a good like novel. Mm. Eat that up with a spoon, right? Right. Or an analogy. I like analogies. Like analogies are essentially stories in a lot of ways. Um, but I I like the fact that it's not just a oh, yeah, no, we enjoy that. Like no, 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 your brain, the way you are wired, the way you're designed. Yeah. Boom. Is yeah. actually like you are designed, you are intended to appreciate 
and to thrive on creative arts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Carmen Gallo even mentioned that, you know, we'll watch movies sometimes that, that doesn't have a, it's like, a, it's not a great movie, but somehow we're drawn to the story and we just have to see how it's played out. Hardball. I was, this is, oh, this is absolutely, I was watching that a couple, I watched that, I don't know, it was at the end of last month, it was the end of September, and I, I was talking about it, like, because I'd forgotten about this story, and I was, like, watching it again for the first time, uh, it was fantastic, I'd forgotten the ending, mm. which I don't normally do, right uh, and so I got to watch this kind of with fresh eyes again, and it was fantastic, um, old, old Keanu Reeves as a, a wee youngin. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Like and, and objectively or objectively, I don't know. Something, something objectively. Uh, it's not that good <laughs> of a movie. Like it, the acting, meh, so so. Well, that, uh, the that plot makes it, it makes an abject failure objectively. Yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like meh. So is it like it's it's nothing like it's not an Oscar film or something like that. But I'll tell you what, that story. That was a good story. And there's some times where I'm watching a movie, I'm like, this is not great, but I, I just... Sharknado. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually seen that. <laughs> uh, there is no story. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah, those are that <laughs> way easier to turn off. But <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I couldn't stop talking about it at college group, the, the I think it was that night or the next night. And it was like, why are you talking about this movie so much? Because it was so good. It moved me, Bob. <laughs> there you go. That's its intent. I like that. I like that synergistic connection of your brain. And all you got to do is tell your story. Tell your story. Just tell it. It's worth telling. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's good. There you go. So be a light to the world. Share your story. There you go. Share a story. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's yeah. all she wrote. That's all we got on this episode of the footnote. Because that's all she wrote. We're out of foot goody. Foot, foot noty goodness. No more foot noty goodness. <laughs> no. Or foot goody noteness. <laughs> foot goody noteness. Wow. Yikes. We're still working on that ending. Yeah, we're working on that. Uh we got we got a couple of uh we got a couple of responses from uh from 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 last last week, but uh none of them really uh tickling my fancy yet. Uh nope. Nope. But uh this has been footnotes. I think Brent's been he's holding out for money. He might be. Brent might be holding out for money. Or he might have forgotten what day it is. Could be. Who knows? Yep. Keep running, Mike. Have a great week. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more Footnotes. Footnotes.